Welcome to Opinion Havers, a movie podcast for criminal canines with one eye. I'm Cody. And I'm Tyler. What? Criminal canines. Okay. One-eyed criminal canines. Okay. Canine is the like teeth. a dog. <laughs> hey, uh, Tyler. I'm Cody. <laughs> I'm Tyler. What? what did we watch? We watched Cruella. We did All right. It. Now that we got that out of the way, let me tell you what's happening. Okay. I got woke up today. Look, the plan was we were going to wake up at 9 a.m. Nice. It's a great time to wake up on the weekend. It's not just a little sleeping in. It's not too much to trough, you know, a nice day. Yeah. I also woken at 7 a.m. spider duty. There was the spider. I did not get back to sleep, okay? So I got just a little, le- you know, I got a little less sleep than I was supposed to. Yeah. I've been saving something <clears throat> oh. for a special occasion. Yeah. It's my beverage. It is a generic slash Target brand. I think it's supposed to be like Bang, where it's like got way too much caffeine in it for how big it is. Yeah. It's called Cosmic Stardust Flavor. And let me tell you, I wanted it to taste like you know, I don't know, like wild berry. moon rocks, <laughs> you know, whatever. Some, some out there, yeah. like a wild berry mixed with dark matter. You know, I needed something. Oh, yeah. It tastes fine. It's too much caffeine, but it's also the same amount that I would normally drink. It's a, it fills a glass. So I'm going to drink it and maybe have a heart attack. So I, just need you to, I need you to make eye contact with me and just... Every now and again, check in. Okay, once in a while, look at my eyes, make sure I'm not dying. Yeah. So anyway, we watched Cruella. What? Well, tell me about it. Is it's a movie about Cruella Deville from the 101 Dalmatians? Yes, it is an origin story of sorts. No. Yes. That's Tyler. A, yeah. Tell me, tell me your first impressions of this film. We've all heard of it. We all saw the trailer. We thought it was madness. We thought it would never work. You've seen it now. Did it work? It worked for me. I did not. I was not excited to see it. Tiffany was very excited to see it. So we booked our tickets and then I worked late and we missed the showing. So what did I do? I booked the next showing. <laughs> That's what I did because I'm a good husband. Yeah. When we went to go see it. Here's the thing. Here's the real heartbreaking thing. I ordered ahead snacks and treats for the first showing. They were long gone by the time mm. I got there. What did they did they do anything for you? Nope. Did you go to the counter? No. It's too much effort. Wait, we, you didn't you didn't We already say got like, to the hey, second one it. late. We were getting oh, to the second one Tyler, late. No. So it was like 27 bucks of just snacks gone. But here's the other heartbreaking thing. The second set is wrong. Every piece of it was wrong, except for my chocolate covered almonds. Wait, wait. So you reordered yes. at the counter? You didn't just no. say. OK, no, reordered no. on the app. I reordered on the app. But this time I got the F9 bundle. OK, which is for the fast saga <laughs> for oh. some reason. And it's Doesn't that movie not come out for another three weeks? Y- yes. All right. Um, 
But, but yeah, they're ready. It's, it's two popcorns. No, a popcorn, two drinks, two snack, two candies. But it's like supposed to be two large drinks, two large popcorns, I think, and two candies. No. I got like two small popcorns. No. Two drinks and one candy. Tiffany's candy nowhere to be found. Got one popcorn. One popcorn. What has happened? It just, it was all falling apart. And I was like, I can't even right now with all this, you know, I gave up. I gave up on life. No. Really, you know, that's really what happened. And then I went to go see Cruella and it really <laughs> brightened my day. Oh, good. So the contrast probably really, really lifted the experience for you. Oh, yeah. Wow. We, uh, I got free vouchers. Boom. Okay. Here's the thing. When someone on your company classifieds page offers free movie tickets, you don't, you don't think you just act. You say, I want them. Yeah. They send it. They're like, I don't know if these expire. I don't know if they're so good. They've been sitting here for years. I can't use them. This lady at work who I don't know, I emailed her. She mailed them to me. I got them. Boom. Free movie. Yellow, yellow, the yellow stubs pass the yellow ticket. The yeah. yellow movie voucher for AMC never expires, and it works in 47 of the, of the 50 states in our, our United States of America. Nice. So anyway, I saw this movie for free. Yeah, you did. I used my rewards to buy a drink. I made them upgrade my drink for free because I'm an AMC Stubbs member, except it's not active, or it is, or it isn't, or A-List isn't active, but my Stubbs might be still active. Anyway, she just did it. So I was very happy about that. That saved me 20 cents, which is a stupid amount of money to save, but I got it. Yeah, you did. We watched the movie. We <laughs> we got Coke because we're Coca-Cola fans. I am. And then Bailey's like, that is too light colored. It's not, it doesn't, it's not going to taste right. I tasted it. I said it tastes fine. She's like, I don't think it does. Dumped it out, tried a different machine. And then I was like, this is the exact same. Which is like, well, let's try a different machine. Which other she never she was out of Coke and ice. So then we went to a different machine, got cherry coke. She's like, see, that one's better, huh? I was like, it's the exact same. Let's go to the movie. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> Let me pause you that right there. 150 ounces of Coke later. Because I also <laughs> thought my drink looked too light. Yeah. And I was suspicious. I was I was watching it and I was like, this is gonna be like club soda. And I tasted it. It was root. It was just fine. Yeah. It was just root beer and Coke, and it was fine. Or dark. Coke, I have a whatever. theory. Do you think it's the freestyle Coke machines? I think so. Is it because they have such tiny fuel capsules of syrup that it it's super dilute? You know, super concentrated. Maybe. Maybe. But it tasted like you said. It tasted normal. It's yeah. fine. But it looked like it wouldn't. Mm. So, yeah. So we did it. We also had a stressful experience too because Bailey forgot. <laughs> Bailey forgot we were seeing the movie because it was like a weeknight. And then she got very upset. Here's what happened. She got very stressed that she was going to make us late to the movie. So then she la <laughs> she directed that stress towards me and be like, why didn't you remind me? <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so, Your fault. so we had to defuse that situation. We did defuse the situation and we made it in time for like two previews and the movie. Yeah. So we did it. I really liked it. I like this movie a lot. Here's what it was. I figured out what the movie is, which I'm sure I'm not the first person to point this out. It's The Devil Wears Prada, done by Disney. That's exactly what the movie is. Yeah. But here's the other thing about this movie. It's got Emma Stone in it, and it has an amazing soundtrack. I was blown away by the soundtrack. I was upset. I'm like, Disney should not be allowed to make a soundtrack this lit. 
And that's yeah. like, it's all the music I listened to in like high school. Cause it was like Beatles, Stones, um, ELO, et cetera. I was like, well, this is yeah. delightful. I love this. And here's why I'm mad about it. Tell me. You can't get this on. So far as my Google research has proved, you cannot get this on vinyl. I was like, I never buy movie soundtracks. I was like, I'm going to go out and buy this movie soundtrack. Yeah. And uh, I can't do it. And I'm very mad about it. It's a great soundtrack. It's got Tina Turner, Tina and Ike. Ike and Tina. It's got all the goods. So I liked the movie. I would recommend it to the average Joe. I did not think it was perfect, but I did like it. very. I, I thought it was very good. And it was nothing like the trailer. And I'm very upset about that because I did not think the trailer did a good job at making me want to see the movie. But when I saw the movie, I was like, I thought that was very good. Yeah. I never saw a full trailer. I saw pieces of ones. Well, the trailer, you texted me and you said, I don't remember what you, you prefaced it with something, but you said, Cruella's better than Joker. <laughs> That's what you told me. I was like, oh, I think that's I think I, think I said I'm that going to have to see it now. Yeah. And then I would say I've said it. There's no going back now. Let me I'll pull up the actual because I think the trailer actual. made it look like it was Joker. <laughs> like It was Joker, except Disney was doing it and Emma Stone was doing it. Yeah. As Cruella, which is a weird movie. And then when you saw the actual movie, like that is not what this was. And it was better than that. I texted you out of the blue at midnight on a Saturday. Corella is better than Joker. There, I said it, but we can never go back to the way things were. <laughs> and you responded with, this is a shocking turn of events. Yeah. So now we've both seen it. We've shared our thoughts. Is it is it time? It's time. It's time to get in there. Hop in this debut. Uh, pronounced Devu <laughs> with me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Whipping down the road. You know, smacking into stuff. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows Krill DeVille and her DeVille. Mm hmm. Spoil it. Okay. Do it. I'm ready. So. My notes are everywhere because I did not take notes while I watched this movie. I had to jot down everything I thought about the movie after the fact. Yeah. Um, I have not gathered any thoughts about this. The movie starts and it's baby Cruella. It's baby Cruella has crazy hair and everyone's like, oh, that's no good. And then it's Cruella's mom, and she's like, all right, just be normal. Go to school, please. Cruella gets in a lot of trouble. Yeah. It's not her fault, though, because boys are dumb. Yeah. All right? She's just holding her ground. I don't know. I thought it was a fun sort of like rebel, you know, young rebellious kid getting in trouble at the stuffy British school. It was good vibes. I appreciated it. I liked, I don't know. I just really was expecting from the trailer that it's going to be like, enter the twisted mind of Emma Stone as Cruella DeVille. And, and instead it was just like, all right, here's her as a kid. And look, she's just, she's a little manic, but she's just standing up for herself. You know, she doesn't want to stand by the, you know, the rules of whatever. And uh, I liked that. It was, it was lighthearted. It was bright. It was fun. Kept it fun. Yeah. 
And then they took all the fun out of it. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about this. Why are Dalmatians so. always made out to be monsters in movies? All right. <laughs> they're not monsters. They're just big. They're usually very sleepy at all times. Yeah. But every movie, with the exception of 101 Dalmatians, it seems, mm-hmm. Dalmatians are monsters that are going to kill you. Why? I don't know why. Because uh, I grew up when I was a child. Mm-hmm. You know, I think many of us have seen 101 Dalmatians, the cartoon. But I grew up as a child and it was like when they were doing the 101 Dalmatians live action movie. 101 Dalmatians and 102 Dalmatians. Mm-hmm. They did those with Glenn Close as Cruella DeVille. I had stickers, little like stick on wall stickers where it's like staticky sticker thing you just yeah. slap on your wall. Like a fat head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had those in my room with Dalmatians. With some paw prints. Spot was up there. I think Penny might have been one of them. Boom. We had Dalmatian stickers on the wall. So that's... The age I was at, McDonald's was giving out Dalmatians toys. You know? Where was I going with this? I don't know. I had it. So all I've known a Dalmatian to be is the prize of a crazed woman who wants spots on her coats. You know? Yeah. I was always on the Dalmatian side. You know? I'm... You're not taking Glenn Close's side in the 101 no. Dalmatians? It's perhaps the thing most overlooked by this. By this movie, well, I, guess, I don't know. I guess it's kind of the same with Maleficent too. We're like, look, we're doing the villain's perspective, but they're not even a villain. That's what you don't understand. Yeah, They didn't kill those kids. Like, It's almost like Disney could pull off an Adolf Hitler, <laughs> you know, like villain's throw where they're like, look, we're going to show you his perspective and we're not going to acknowledge he's a villain. He's just misunderstood, but still doing the right thing. You know, that's what's yeah. kind of weird about the Disney villain origin stories. Well, like I told Tiffany, the best villain is the hero of their story. Like they think the best villains think they're the hero. Right. That blew her mind. That blew her tiny little mind <laughs> wide open. She saw the universe when mm-hmm. I said that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I like, you know, Harkonnen, Baron Harkonnen. He's a good villain because he's the hero of his story. Which one's that? Dune. Oh. I've tried to throw in a Dune I reference. Haven't, uh, I haven't seen Dune yet because it doesn't exist yet because Denis Villeneuve hasn't finished it. All right. Since <laughs> you asked, I'll give you an update. There's I have no finished. Books, there's no TV show. There's no movie. All right. Yeah. That's what you understand. It has not come into the universe yet. Yeah. But since you asked, I'll give you an update. I have finished <laughs> four of the prequel books. Okay. On to the fifth one. How many prequel books are there? Uh, I don't know. A lot. Mm-hmm. And you're doing all of them before the movie? Uh, here's the thing. I wasn't going to, but at the rate I'm going, I might. <laughs> I'm going pretty quick. All right. I'm proud of you. Anything yeah. to report? Anything I should know about? Look. It's wild. You know, all this stuff that's going down. The origin of the feud between the Atreides and the Harkonnen just happened in the book series and it's wild. I was like, how are they going to make this work? They like each other, but then they don't. So the Dalmatians kill her mom. 
that's yeah. that's the one there are, i have a couple critiques of this movie that's the first one so they're going she gets kicked out of school she's got to go to london start a new life with her mom and then her mom's like gotta stop and make a little you know a little stop here uh have a talk with some rich baroness lady on the rooftop or the cliff's edge yeah and uh the dogs come they chase the what's her name Corella around Estella Estella's her name they chase her around and then uh they kill her mom they push her off the edge and that was the first thing I was like this is too much and it's a lot it was because it wasn't because the dog like you said they were vicious <laughs> they were, these yeah. were not the Dalmatians of the cartoon that we've all known and loved that are the good guys just trying not to get skinned to death these are man eaters. Yeah. These are lady killers. Yeah. They have murdered people and they will murder people at their own want. Oh, yeah. So they kick her. Basically, they just push her off the edge of the cliff. But it was too much. Like we went from this bright. Oh, she's making trouble at school with the boys. To, oh, her mom. I don't know. Disney's always on the mom death. But this one was like. There were lightning strikes. It was her fault. Vicious dogs did it. <laughs> like it was just, it it went got dark quick. And he, having watched the whole movie, I think that matches the la- the vibe of the last half of the movie pretty well. But the first half of the movie, it was like, no, this is too soon. <laughs> I was not ready for that to happen. I don't know how they could have done it because it kind of pushed the plot forward. It was an, kind of an important plot point because then Estella goes from. I'm a school kid to I'm Oliver Twist. I'm on the streets. I'm Oliver and company. We're, yeah. I'm going to get in, get in with a gang of thieves and we're going to do heists. Yeah. Oliver Twist, the story of a orphan. small orange cat and all, small yeah. orange cat in cool. New York City. And Tina Turner sings a song and um, Doberman Pinchers eat a man. Yeah, they or do. whatever. And then Oliver and company. Uh, is the story of Oliver, Jamie Oliver, and the companies that he forms. And that's when he goes to Italy and he learns how to make pasta, and he's British. What was that commercial? The pasta commercial that was so infuriating for us. Barbella, <laughs> Barilla, Barilla. <laughs> <Barilla. laughs> so aggressive. They're like, you'll love your spaghetti from Barilla. <laughs> It's like you can't you can't be you can't say spaghetti and then follow with a barilla. They make pasta. Pasta. Barilla. Barilla. Makes pasta. <laughs> okay. So yeah, Stella feels bad about killing her mom with someone else's Dalmatians. Yeah. They really try to make you believe that she murdered. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't buy it for a second. That's the thing. People have survivor's guilt, but she was just like, I did it. I may as well have picked up my mom, suplexed her, and pushed her off the cliff. Yeah. Like, that's like, I might as well have done that. It's like, look, these attack dogs were coming for you, and then they redirected. It's not like they couldn't see you because you fell. Mm-hmm. But, it, but she's like, I killed her. She would be alive if it wasn't for me. And it's like, I feel like there's more to the situation. Yeah. Which, by the end of the movie, we do learn that's, that is the case. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. That happens. 
um, she meets up with a couple scrappy little kids. Yeah. In London, and they're pickpockets. Like I said, Oliver Twist style. Oh yeah. And she falls in with them, and they start doing the heists. She's got a puppy. They've got a puppy. His name is Wink. Yeah. He is a chihuahua, and he has one eye and an eye patch. Yeah. Which was magnificent. Here's another critique of the movie for me. Estella, as a child, has a puppy. Okay? Now we fast forward either 10 or 20 years, and they're all adults. The problem is Emma Stone's like, what, 30 probably? 32? 30? Around that age? She goes from being a 10-year-old schoolgirl orphan to being 30 years old. But I think in the movie she's probably more like 20, 22 Probably, range, yeah. probably college-ish. Yeah. Uh, sorry, university there in England. Yes. And um, her dog is now a full-grown dog that looks nothing like her puppy. Her puppy was brown and had, like, semi-smooth hair. And her full-grown dog is slightly bigger, tan-colored, with wiry hair. Yeah. What was that? It's different dogs. What was that? But Wink... Has not aged a day. Look, he is he is England's miracle. Okay, he yeah. is a national treasure, and we love him. Wink is timeless. Right? Wink, that's what I'm saying. Are these dogs? Is Wink some sort of a Highlander, immortal being that whose power we could never comprehend? That's what I don't understand about the logic of it. Because the puppy is like, I was a puppy. I'm a full grown dog. Wink is like. I'm a chihuahua, I was full grown, and now I am, time means nothing to me. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, because he's, he's a chihuahua. Okay, let me talk about the other, this is one of my final critiques, to be honest. I only have two more critiques. This one's still dog related. Yeah. My problem with Disney is that they're like, look, we can CG it, so we will. And so they were like, every dog in the movie, we're going to super hard CG. Yeah, it's weird. And the only one it worked for was Wink. And I suspect, Bailey and I had a discussion about it. I suspect because Wink is so tiny. Wink looks great in every shot he's in. Yeah. You'd almost believe he's a real dog. Scrappy dog, 50-50. The Dalmatians are obviously CG because like, well, we got to make them, they have to be able to bare their teeth and look vicious and jump over things and do whatever. And, you know, uh, drop kick standing running drop kicks someone off a cliff so we cg the dalmatians 100 and i just i don't know why they went full cg on all the dogs except for some of those scenes like i guess if you're gonna get a dog to do all this stuff you gotta make it all cg but it's all cg all the time wink is the only one it worked for because he's so small i also think because he's dark colored and he has like the eye patch like he looks weird for a dog already so you can kind of your brain will ignore i think a lot of weirdness about him yeah. Whereas, like, her dog, there were scenes where That's, it was just her dog sitting it, on a ledge. The Chihuahua, too, like, its legs don't do the full bending. It's just little, these scampers. He just yeah. goes along, kind of like a chicken legs. You know, we're like, oh, they're straight and they just go. Yeah. Dalmatians are big and boundy and their legs have to bend and their fur has to flop and their ears have to flop and their jowls have to snarl. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, this is, we're going hard. There were some where it almost looked like they had real Dalmatians sitting there and they just CG'd their, like, bared teeth which i felt like was mm. worse yeah yeah so it was, it was interesting i don't know it was one of those things where i think they just threw money at the problem um yeah. but it just 
That was where it started. And there's a scene later in the movie where Cruella is off, goes off a cliff and does a parachute thing. And that was like super hard CG as well. And I was like, the dogs, I understand, because the dogs can only do so much. If you're going to make them do crazy things, you got to CG them. I was like, we couldn't just have someone CG. Like it was the CG didn't quite work. Yeah. In a movie so grounded in reality, because they have these amazing, elegant costumes and sets and things. And then you have someone who's like, all right, sweet. Now, this whole scene is everything is CG'd. It was a little weird. Yeah, which I I would think part of that is because of the like the CG storm backdrop of the whole thing and trying to because you got to make everything flutter right in the breeze and they yeah. can never quite do that. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like the tools to do that correctly are like in video game engines but they don't yeah. look as nice as movie cg engines they needed so. to like do it as a wider shot or like not make you know because they made yeah. it close enough they're like i can see all these details and they look weird yeah but anyway so that, that's my second to last critique and the last one's gonna come later oh so we're gonna hold that one not yet though i was talking about some goodies oh okay i talked about the music soundtrack it was it was great i was talking about the casting so i thought the casting was spot on did I'm trying to know? think of anyone in the film that I was like, eh, should have casted it different. What, you, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, it was all right. I did think it was kind of strange. Emma Stone being the gorilla with the British. Because I feel like there's so many. I feel like there's got to be lots of people that can do that, that are British actors. Mm hmm. Yeah. Then okay. why would you Here's do you Emma Stone? Okay, two things about this. Number one, Emma Stone is hot right now. Is she? She has won an Oscar for a performance in La La Land, which was a couple years ago, but not that long ago. Yeah, she's basically... She, did, she had a great role in The Favorite last year. She's doing indie Oscar movies. She's been in some fairly bigger, big budget things lately. La La Land, The Favorite... Zombie Land 2. Like, I'm saying she's coming off her Oscar buzz. Mm. Okay? So it's a smart move for Disney because Disney has to get whoever's, you know, Disney has to get someone whose box office viable. And yeah. Emma Stone is that right now. Number two, Emma Stone is a producer. <laughs> so, perfect scenario. You got the backing of Disney. You're coming off an Oscar and you're producing the movie. You better go well starring it. <laughs> So that's the other thing about it. But what does it really mean that she's producing it? You know, like, what does that mean? Is she producing it because she's starring in it? Bye-bye. Or is she starring in it Look, because she's producing it? We're in, we're in a chicken egg scenario now. Yeah. Okay, that's what we're in. Something's causing another thing and we're here. So that's what I have to say about that. Also, I will, I will say this. Are you suggesting Emma Stone didn't pull it off? I am suggesting. Go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say it and face my wrath. Do it. I, no, look at me. <laughs> I watched the entire movie going, is she nailing this? And then the last line of the movie, I was like, all right, she's nailing it. Do I think she only nailed that last line? No, but I think she didn't sell me fully until that last line. Wrong. You are wrong. <laughs> you. Okay, no. Here's the thing. Think. Cast your mind back okay. to the beginning of the movie. 
Because it starts with her voiceover. It starts off and it's her in her posh. This is the other thing. She has her British accent. And then she has her posh Cruella accent. Which I think, this is what I think. All right, if I was doing the casting, I don't think I would have gone with a British person because I don't know if a British person could do the posh Cruella accent. Okay. That is very much an American British accent. Mm-hmm. Well, when she starts out in the voiceover, I was like, oh, that's a good Cruella voice, but not Cruella as a villain, Cruella as Cruella. Cruella like a like normal, a fashion just like more normal person, you know? Yeah. And I was like, I couldn't quite pick out one. There's only some lines. Where I was like, oh, that's Emma Stone's voice. It was a Cruella voice. I thought yeah. she did a very good job. And that's the other thing. I think the point of the movie is. OK, how does she become Cruella? Because Estella is not Cruella. Yeah. Right. And so I thought it was great. She did a good job where you're like, oh, this is just her doing her normal speaking. Oh, now she's putting on the posh accent. Um, and it's matching the way Emma Thompson's speaking, who is British. And so it's yeah. kind of like, I think we talked about this with uh, Solo. I don't know when this episode dropped, maybe before. But Solo, you have the guy who he was emulating. That's kind of what Cruella went for. It was like, oh, this is the person who's at the top of their game. And this is who I have to impress or befriend or become. This is more the Devil Wears Prada kind of thing. But yeah. Okay, so I'm putting on the posh persona. I am posh too, so we're equals or we're on the same plane. Anyway, so I thought she did a very good job at it. Yeah. Can we, you know, can we just talk about how much better the British posh fancy accent is than the American rich fancy accent? Oh, which which American rich? Are you talking like the the snooty mid-Atlantic? Yeah. That one? Yeah. Like, daddy's got the trust fund from his grandfather who found muskrat fur in the the forest or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, old money, American old money uh-huh. sounds worse. Yeah. As, sure. a, as an accent than British old money. But if you're trying to make someone a villain... Posh British accent is much better suited, you know, where you're like, Ugh, you're snooty. Yeah. You know, like that Jaguar commercial with also featured Mark Strong. <laughs> and uh, Tom Hiddleston, who's the who's Loki? Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. Is both of them talking about uh, why? Why are British people always villains in movies? Mm. It's because they just sound better than you. <laughs> but it's like Tom Hiddleston's driving a Jaguar. Mark Strong's in a helicopter mm-hmm. watching it. And then they're in a at a mansion. It's like a James Bond style thing. Yeah, yeah. How do you not remember this commercial? I think about this commercial like on a daily basis. <laughs> I'm sure I've seen it. Like, it's it for the Jaguar. Familiar. The Jaguar. That's how they pronounce it. F-type. Do yourself a favor. Look up this commercial because it'll change your life. It, it should have won an Oscar. Mm. Let's talk about, let's do a whole episode on this commercial. (laughs) The cinematic universe. Really, I just want to talk about Mark Strong. Okay. I had a realization about Mark Strong. First off, Mark Strong is always good. He's a strong I've never seen Mark Strong in a movie and been like, this movie would be better without Mark Strong. However, I never realized how beaky his nose was until he got caught in the wrong angle. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Mark Strong, he's always at a, you see him forward, head straight on, portrait style. You're like, oh yeah, Mark Strong. You yeah. see him slightly at an angle, you're like, oh yeah, Mark Strong. Now, if you see him at an obtuse angle, like from behind-ish, yeah. their hidden angle in this movie where I saw all of his nose in all of its beakiness. And I was amazed. I was shocked. I was like, I can't unsee this now. Now in every shot, his nose has doubled in size for me. Did this have, did you see that angle? Were you un, were you aware of the beakiness? Or was it just me? I mean, Google I, Mark Strong nose from behind. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at pictures of Mark Strong. Mark Strong Mark Strong Schnoss. My favorite my favorite picture of him is like when before he decided to just start shaving his head when he was going bald. <laughs> oh. He does not look great. And then he's like, you or, know what? Oh, and then in this, they had a flashback where they gave him a wig. Yeah. Which is a little weird to see. But it's just, you know, he's one of those guys that he's like, I look like a balding man in the end of my life. Maybe I should shave my head. Mm-hmm. And then he became hot. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It's like what every balding guy hopes he's going to be like. Right. Also, Everyone hopes for the Dwayne Johnson. Also, let's just say Mark. Str- I'm going to throw I'm going to throw this out there and I defy you to say this is not true. Mark Strong has the best IMDb picture of anybody. You can try to find a better one. Let me see. Let me see. All right. The problem is I don't want to lose the page I'm on, so I have to go open a browser. I look it up. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's like straight out of a Guy Ritchie yeah. film set it's just it's not from a film it's just it's just him it's just him on a saturday afternoon yeah is that a scarf is that the collar of his jacket we'll never know right Mm -hmm. wow that is a black shirt with gray suit over the top with the satin uh lining all right man mark strong oh he has hair in this picture I don't know what to do. Is it the one where he's balding or is it this one? It's a gray hair. The one imitation from game? My imitation game. Yeah. I forgot he was an imitation game. He's in everything. He's everywhere. You can't <laughs> oh, get yeah. away from him. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he's got he's got like the, the hair and Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. That's the one. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. All right. So Mark Strong was in this. Yes, he was. Tell me more. Do we... I mean, I told you about my schnoz thing. I feel like you that you you're not even there. You didn't see it. You I mean, didn't see what I saw. He has a large nose, but I feel like, you know, I saw an angle that changed the way I view him forever. <laughs> that didn't happen for you? No. Let's talk about beak nose. I watched Maleficent. Mm. It was like 3 quarters of the way through the movie. I realized that the bird guy has makeup on his nose <laughs> to make it look more like a beak. Yeah. I got all the other makeup, but the uh-huh. nose I did not notice. Yeah. For so long and it was shocking oh, yeah. also not to derail the entire podcast no, please do it needs to happen i watched it on my new tv and it looks real good what maleficent oh yeah one or two one mm-hmm. looks very good when are we gonna watch all these movies again as they were intended to be watched on your tv talking about 1917 <laughs> talking about blade runner oh, my gosh. talking about the others ones <laughs> I don't know. 
I guess you'll have to redo all these episodes. Yeah. But in 4K OLED. Mm. Stop. Okay. I'll Mark. tell you. Let me tell you. Here's what you needed to pop on your TV. This is what we'll do after this. You throw on like the newest SpongeBob movie. Oh, the colors pop, Cody. Oh, they pop. It's so colorful. Blow your mind. Take your mind. Boom. I'm ready to have my mind blown. I guess I just need. I guess I just need to be there. Yeah. If only you had the Dolby app to use to. Dolby. I hate Dolby now. Dolby won me over with their Dolby theater. And now they're like, anyway, everything you have can't play Dolby anymore. We have we have refuted access. It's just the PlayStation. No one's allowed anymore. There's also here's a fun fact. They did the Dolby. Is it the sound or the visual? That it's exclusive to the Xbox. Atmos. 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 There's a sound. I don't think there's any. Uh, first off, as I told you, it's already it was already exclusive without it being exclusive because they yeah. offered it to Sony and Sony said, "We don't need your dumb thing." Uh-huh. <laughs> so I feel like it's Sony's fault. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like CD Projekt Red being like, "I don't know why Sony won't put our game back on their store," and it's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, maybe because they're like, we don't refund games," and you're like, "Ask them for a refund, nerds." Talking about cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. Oh, that nightmare. It's fine. You mean it's fine. You can't buy it on your PlayStation right now. It was so bad. It's fine. People were so upset about it. Yeah, because they're a bunch of whiny babies. And then I still saw that like it had pretty good reviews, which very confused me a lot. Yeah, because it's fine. It just is buggy. That's the thing. If it was a Bethesda game, everybody would have loved it. But it's a CD mm. Projekt Red game, so they were like, this is literally worse than what Hitler did. That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> like that is the worst, about the reaction that the happened. worst thing to happen to come out of Poland since Hitler. It's just like, it's like, what? Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Here's the thing about this movie. Basic, I told you it was Disney does Devil Wears Prada. Yes. Devil's Wears Prada was pretty good, I think. It came out a long time ago. We all saw half of it. We've all been there. I've seen half of it several times on FX. This movie, Disney does this thing where they're like, hey, I want to make this very big budget movie. It'll be pretty good. It won't be perfect, but it'll be pretty good. It'll like it. It's not going to get nominated for Oscars, except that. We're going all the way in on costumes. Basically, this movie is an excuse for costumes. This movie is a two hours long fashion show with a plot loosely woven in around the clothes. Yeah, that's what this movie is. You loved it. I mean, yeah, it was cool. It was good for clothes. If you like clothes, if you if you wear clothes, you you may just like this movie because the costumes were excellent. It's always Disney's like, oh, we can pay for the very best costume designer we can get. And we'll get we'll get on the Oscars radar just for that alone. Oh, yeah. There are some good ones. Here's my question. Hmm. Why do you think Disney wanted people to look at this and think, oh, it's like Joker? I is don't it, know. Have they done it? They haven't done like, I guess they did Maleficent, which this is fa- Having I just watched Maleficent right before watching this one. Yeah. 
very different vibes. Like Maleficent is the story of Sleeping Beauty. Mm-hmm. At least the first one. I don't know about the second one yet. First one. Second one's its own. Second Don't one's. Think. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's like. Second one's a sequel. It's a, it's one of those classic things where they're like, oh, we're going to tell it from the villain's perspective. And you'll see that they weren't the villain. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And Cruella is just a prequel like the Joker. But it's for Cruella DeVille. Instead of the Joker. Also, the longer, the further we get from Joker, the less I like Joker. Yeah. You know, Joker was a moment in time. It's like Annihilation. The longer I go without seeing it, (laughs) the more I hate the movie. You can tell me Barack Obama liked Annihilation and it's on his top movies of the year list all you want. And I will still tell you it was not a good movie. Here's the thing. I love Natalie. My wife loves Alice in Wonderland. You didn't pick up on the Alice in Wonderland stuff, if I remember right. What do you mean? In Annihilation. And I oh, said it was too heavy-handed, oh, right. right? That was the right, difference. Yeah. So I told her, this is what they say. And I quoted her some lines from the movie. And she's like, they're just reading the book. They're not even like trying to make yeah. it witty. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's my problem with it. It's a bad movie. Yeah. It's just like Joker's like, I get it. It's one of those movies where it's like, if you get it, if you get it, you don't like it that much, but you thought, I get it, and I like what you're doing, but I don't like the movie, but I like what you did with the movie. And if you don't get it, you're like, I want to give this every award because I don't get it, and I want to pretend like I do. I think Joker benefited so greatly from being in the middle of the comic comic book cinematic universe thing. Yeah, I think if Joker came out in 2006, it would have been nothing. Yeah. You know, it would not have been. It could have been the exact same quality and oh it God. would have been like half the audience and like 20 percent worse reviewed. Yeah, that's what I think. I think it really benefited from being the dark under. But it's like you can have your end game. I want a comedy director making Taxi Driver. That's what I want. You're like, All right. You can have that. But it's not. I don't know. Because this is my problem with that movie. Joker? Joker. Is the end of that movie invalidates the entire movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, so none of this happened. Mm-hmm. Or it all happened. Mm-hmm. Or parts of it happened. And then at the end, so that's why I'm like, I feel like if you get it and you understand what's going on, then you're like, I like what you're going, but I feel like you, I like what you're doing here, but I feel like you wasted my time. Yeah. And if you don't get it, you think it's the best movie ever made. So basically, I'm saying everyone who gave that a good review, they're dumb. <laughs> they don't understand. Uh huh. But we did give it a good review, I think, right? Yeah. But that was that was just two years ago. Yeah. When it was good. Not now when it sucks. <laughs> but this movie didn't go that route. Right. You know, like no. the. Oh, it's the it's the villain telling their story, so they twist it to make themselves the hero. It's just a moot. It's like the good way of doing it. Yeah, I would of agree. like here's the hero before they're like the crazy person you know, where they're yeah. still thinking they're the good guy trying to do the stuff, uh-huh. and then later down the line you could see where they'll get to that point, but mm-hmm. that's way down there. Right. Also. The guy, 
the lawyer is Nandor from what we do in the Shadows TV show. He's one of the vampires. Oh, that's him. That's him. I All watched right? the pilot of that he's show. Na- finally, he's so. Nandor, and it drove me nuts the whole thing, whole time because he's like that makes believe. so much more sense. Yeah. Wow. He is a treat in that show for uh-huh. sure. Yeah. I was like, I hope I wanted so bad for Guillermo, guy who plays Guillermo, yeah. to show up. Uh huh. Just because, like, I wanted him to be like, oh yeah, we'll work together. But he didn't, and I was just <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would have been a fun tie-in. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's a linked universe. <laughs> also, I felt very smart for being like, he's the guy. He's the guy that marries this girl, and then they have Pongo and what's her face. Yeah, yeah. Did you? So you you stayed for that part? Yeah. But they say his name <laughs> at the beginning. Oh right. So it's like I wasn't smart, but I felt, but yeah. I didn't know his name, so I felt. Smart I, I appreciated that they did tie it in. Bailey and I talked about that too. Everybody cleared out of the theater when we saw it, and then they do like a mid credit stinger, which is only like two minutes in and i really like the soundtrack so i'm like nope we're sitting here and we're watching at least like the colorful fun part of the credits before it just gets to the big scroll Mm -hmm. i was like oh the dogs and the people and oh they're gonna meet that's cute like they they did just enough to tie it up together we're like look we did the origin story we explained everything how they got everything but we didn't make it like there was a whole plot going on outside of us just getting to the point where like here's crella villain here's the tie into everything yeah and i liked that I like that we achieved a whole other plot and character arc. And look, it set everything up. It just did. We didn't have to like make it obnoxious. Yeah. Like I liked that too. Cause I like how it sets it up to where they could do a, another Cruella movie or just go straight into 101 Dalmatians. If they wanted to do a live action, 101 Dalmatians, another I, live action, 101 Dalmatians. Oh, another one. Like, yeah. One of the, those modern set. That's what I told Tiffany. Everybody's like, Oh, they're redoing all these. Everybody forgets in the nineties. They also tried to make all of their shows live action. But what we got was movies like 101 Dalmatians. Yeah. So they were like, you know what? We're going to punt this 20 years. We'll see then. We'll yeah. try this. We'll try it then. Man, the 90s was a weird time for Disney because it was like it at the same time of it being the Disney renaissance of like Lion King and Beauty and the Beast. It was also Michael Eisner being like, it'd be really cool or not. Is it Michael Eisner? Yeah. Michael Eisner being like, it'd be really cool, too, if we did a bunch of like really crappy straight to video sequels for everything. Yeah, we could just pump them. out on the Disney channel. But you watched all those Latin movies, didn't you? Oh, as a child, I couldn't get my hands on them as the problem because they were so crappy that it was like you can it, they weren't readily available like everything else was. I'm talking about Aladdin 4. <laughs> talking about Aladdin Prince of Thieves. Yes. Uh-huh. Jafar's Return. Uh-huh. There might only be three Aladdin movies. Is yeah. there three or four? I, I don't know. Three. And there's Point the is, second Lion King, and there's people, Little Mermaid two, and there's, Little Mermaid two's trash garbage. Never watched. Beauty it. and the Beast. Was there a two, or is it just the? There was the Christmas winter. special. Yeah, the Enchanted which is Christmas very winter, whatever. Um. So, yeah. At the same time of them putting out some of their best animated stuff ever, they were also making some really weird live action movies and some really crappy sequels to those things. Yeah. Which you get some of, and some of them were like the Beauty and the Beast Christmas thing, was just like they're ended up cutting out so much of that they're like we have like 
a third of a movie mm-hmm. sitting here. We could just lengthen this out and put it out straight to VHS mm-hmm. as like a Christmas thing. Yeah. So it's got like the quality of the Beauty and Beast movie because it's literally seen pulled from Beauty and the Beast, like the actual movie. And then you have ones that are just not great. Yeah. <laughs> and they get real crazy. And real. here's the thing, though. Everybody's coming at me like, you know, those Aladdin movies were terrible. And I'm like, look, you're coming at me with Page Master asking me why I've never seen that. I have seen it. I don't remember it because it's not good. Mm-hmm. And you're acting like it's the cornerstone of your childhood. So let's not say which Disney movies are good and bad. They're all terrible. <laughs> with the exception of Quest for Camelot. Which stands the test of time no matter what. You don't remember that one? No, I remember that one. Yeah. I was like, we bonded over this one. Yeah. Yeah. So. They they wrapped it up with a bow and I liked it. Yeah. This was a long movie. Was it? Yeah. How long it felt it? long for Bailey and I. You're maybe. I'm not just talking about runtime. It is a little bit long for runtime for a Disney live action. But what I'm talking about is the arc. Okay. Because we kind of hit a point in the narrative where you're like, oh, we're wrapping up the movie. And then there's like, they extend out the third act to have an extra 20 minutes. Yeah. They could have wrapped this up at an hour 40, a tight, tight hundred minutes. And they extended it out to two hours. So that was what made it feel a little bit long. Cause it kind of has, that's a dual ending kind of thing where you're like, oh, this is wrapping up. We're like, nope, nope, we're not done. We're doing the next yeah. thing. Because they could have done a Joker thing where it's like, oh, look, it's Cruella defeated. And instead, they're like, no, it's Cruella reborn and fully formed. Yeah. And with getting the revenge. See what I'm saying? Yeah, I get you. You understand? I get you 100% on everything you just said. Okay. Estella, she's going out. I didn't connect that the two, the two <clears throat> orphan boys she hooks up with to become a little gang and they're yeah. doing heists as adults. I did not connect that those are her two henchmen in yeah. the Hunter Hunter Dalmatians movie until like way too late in the movie. Like for me, I was like, I should have caught this 40 minutes ago. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. Once I realized what they were doing, I was like, that's pretty cool. That's pretty good. The guy who plays Jasper. Can he nailed like the um, way the tall? Is that the tall one? Yeah, or the it's tall, skinny one. Tall, okay. He's the he nailed like the kind of like when they're doing their henchman stuff, like the kind of hunched over, like kind of head bob waddle and walk uh-huh. that he has. And I was like, this guy studied this movie, mm-hmm. like deeply studied it. Yeah. Versus like I put in 101 Dalmatians. I feel like in my brain, they just hired the same guys that were in Home Alone. Is that true? No. They look similar and dress similar. 101 Dalmatians is Disney does Home Alone. <laughs> because that, yeah. that, you know, if this is Disney does Devil Wars Prada, 101 Dalmatians was Disney does Home Alone. Um, you know, it's possible. Because, well, Home Alone, Home Alone 1 or Home Alone 2? Is it the same people in Home Alone 1 and 2? Joe it, Pes- I just remember Joe Pesci is one of them, which Joe- is just crazy. I it's think crazy Joe- that it's the same guy from Goodfellas. Is yeah. the one getting buckets dropped on his head. He did not return for the second one. Okay. If I okay. remember. He's in the first one. I loved Home Alone 3 growing up. This is where I was at. Okay. Home Alone 3, Small Soldiers, <laughs> and Mortal Kombat. Okay. Those, these are some of my go-tos. 
I didn't see the original Home Alone until I was a, a grown man, <laughs> okay? And I have never seen Home Alone 2. <laughs> is Home Alone 3 the one with the little kid? A random kid the, with brown hair. He's got like a remote control car that he uses with a camera on it? Uh, probably. Okay, that's a bad movie. It's not movie, Kevin McAllister is the thing. It's just like a different dude. Yeah, it's a bad movie. Yeah. I just want you to know that. I know. I know it's also, a bad movie now because I watched it the same time I watched <laughs> Mortal Kombat and Small Soldiers. Yeah. I didn't. The first good movie that was like my go to movie was Lord of the Rings. OK, yeah. so I I was in a whole other realm of movies. I was we're working with VHS tapes. OK, yeah, that's what we need to watch. I got the 4K uh, Lord, of the Rings. Lord of the Rings trilogy that came out. I had to drive all over the place to find that, too. Oh, yeah. It's very difficult to find. Yeah. OK, who are the dudes in 101 Dalmatians? That's 1990. Oh. OK, there's Roger. Which one's Roger? Jasper Horace. OK. Yeah. Roger's played by Jeff Daniels. What? OK, Jasper is played by Hugh Laurie. OK. From is, House? No. Yes. Guy from House. And uh, uh, what's the show he's in? The old one, Laurie and... Laurel and not Laurel and Hardy. That's the old, old one. Know. He's in that sketch show, the British sketch show that nobody in America watched, but oh. it's very famous and well known in the comedy scene. Okay. Then Horace is Mark Williams, who you may know from Arthur Weasley in the Harry Potter movies. What? So it's Arthur Weasley and Dr. House. House. <laughs> Those are the people. Now, the question is, I'm sure they're not the guys from Home Alone 2 because that would have that would have popped right up. Nope, Joe Pesci did return for Home he Alone 2. He did return? That's what's going to blow your mind. As Harry, and then Daniel Stern as Marv. Maybe it's the third one that he isn't there because then it's like the guy and his girlfriend in the van. I remember that scene. There are so many Home Alone movies. There's, right. I know. Let's I thought there was maybe them. three. The first one in the more like this for Home Alone 2, IMDb more like this, is Home Alone 3. The classic. <laughs> the one I knew and loved before I saw the good one, yeah. which is the first one. And people like the second one? I don't know. There's Home Alone, The Holiday Heist. And, you know, there. here's the thing. This is what I appreciate about Home Alone 3. Home Alone 1 and 2, you get the Kevin McAllister, hands on the side of the vase. Oh, oh no, I've been abandoned by my family and I'm going to die from criminals, right? Right. We all know the look. Home Alone, the holiday heist is shamelessly ripping it off with a different actor who's not nailing it. Home Alone 3, the kid is doing his own thing, okay? He's not doing the hands on the side of the face. He's doing the, I'm actually a serial killer. I've got my hands on remote control, okay? Yeah. That's what I appreciate about it. We got Home Alone, the original, 1990. We got Home Alone 4, once again, doing the hands on the face. It's not yeah. working. You're not Kevin McAllister. That's 2002. Any others? I guess that's it. So there's like five Home Alone movies. Um, Many more than I thought. Yeah, there's Here's, only two that you should bother watching, right? Yeah, when Tiffany brought this to me, because she loves all of them, I knew about one and Lost in New York. She's the second one <laughs> featuring Donald Trump. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. I know the Donald Trump thing. Home Alone TV series 2019? I don't think oh, it actually... Yeah. It says the plot is unknown. It can't have actually happened. It says six episodes, though. What is it? 
What is this? I've gone through this same thing multiple times. Oh, it's from it's, Netherlands. Yeah. It's in Dutch. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's not, it's not an American thing. So there you go. There's five Home Alone movies, and there's a Dutch Home Alone TV series with no plot summary in IMDb. Since you brought it up, Cody. I'm assuming the Dutch <laughs> one's a horror film, or like Probably. a horror series. It almost definitely, All right. right? Fair enough. Since you brought it up, Cody. Oh, yeah, I did. Can I tell you my favorite interview question anybody ever asked Donald Trump when he was running for president or was president of the United States? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Somebody with like a oh, microphone? No. Is I it think, the way where they, I don't, I, I bet you not think of this. He's like, he asked him, he's like, can I, president or whatever, can I, what drove you to eat the pizza backwards? And he just asked him, he asked him like three separate questions uh -huh. about the Pizza Hut commercial <laughs> in the 90s for the stuffed crust where he turns the pizza around. Uh huh. And he's not having any of it. And I love it. Wow. But he does answer, I think. Was there one? Just very maybe it was either real life or it was an SNL sketch. But like someone asked about Home Alone 2 and he was like, I wasn't in that. <laughs> was that real life or was it an SNL thing? Where like denied being in Home Alone 2? I think that was real life. Where he I, forgot I just, about it and then someone I proved hope it, it to was him. In real life. I think it was real life. And then he's like, like oh, I, I got forgot IMDb about it. up here. You are in. He's also in Little Imagine Rascals. having a life so, so mystical and ridiculous that you, you forget yeah. you were in home alone too he's also in little rascals i don't know if you remember that oh yeah because like whoopi goldberg is in that and there's like a bunch of like a, i love that movie and let me tell you this it stands up it does don't even tell me that it movie does. doesn't stand up because it do and it does i watched it in college i was like this is as wonderful as, as it has ever been if you ever watch the old show nah tiffany makes me watch it sometimes did you get goody? It's pretty good. Actually, it's all black and white. It's all old stuff, but it is the same jokes mm -hmm. as in the movie. Yeah. And it's very similar. And I guarantee you, your grandparents uh, almost peed themselves laughing watching it. <laughs> you know? Uh, Maybe your great grandparents. Rascals. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, asked we didn't quite go through the plot beat by beat, but. If you've seen Devil's Wear Prada, you vaguely know how it goes. Except she does. Estelle's good at clothes. She loves making costumes for their heists, and that's how she she goes. She's working for the big department store. No one wants to do anything with her. But then she designs the window drunkenly, yeah. the window display, and it's all radical and out there. And the Baroness season is like that's the first window, good window display I've seen in ten years. Hire her, and she does a great job. And that's how we get. That's how we get there. I need to know your thoughts on her assistant. Her assistant, the wait, wait, wait. Hold on, not not the not the manager of the department store. Yeah, he's just department store guy. Which I saw him in something the other day, and I was like, "That's the same dude." It's, it's actually going to drive me crazy. Oh I yeah, it. I just in... saw him in something else. Yeah, uh, he did look familiar. So I've definitely seen him. Gotcha. Okay, he was. Yeah. Hold, hold on. on. Give it to I'm me. I'm gonna find him. Tell me. Okay, no, I'm not. What was his uh, name? Uh, Greg. He wasn't the same guy as the police commissioner, right? Because they looked vaguely familiar, and I was like, this is not the same dude. Gerald? Gerald. He was in... Oh, he's in Fleabag, which is not like a clip or two of. He's in... 
Paddington, which we we have to do one of these days. We can't. Oh, Miracle Workers. He's in. He's in Miracle Workers. Okay, yeah, that blew that's, my mind a little bit. I was like, I've seen. Some, I have seen him recently. Which is a good recommend, sense. by the way. Miracle Workers season two is delightful. I yeah. wa- I've seen it all now. I watched yeah, it yeah. all. I watched. I've binged both of those in one day. No, like individual days, but they took me one day each. Wow. I uh, yeah. So I just, I saw you going down that rabbit hole. So, what are we talking about? The assistant. The, the assistant. assistant. Guy. What was it? See now I'm blanking out. The, the super posh guy, that's like gives her the. The card, but he's like, she's like teeth, teeth, and he's like, uh, uh, you know, and he's always flustered about everything. That guy. Uh, okay. You know what I'm talking about? The act. I think. It's the actor. Ed Birch. I'll scroll down. I'll tell you. Is it Ed Birch? Oh, gosh. Yeah, no. Am I wrong? Yeah, I don't know. All right. Look, here's the thing. Tell me what you want to say your piece. He's very, he was very uh, flustered and he was always very well dressed. So I just mm-hmm. wanted to know your thoughts on him. I mean, I'm on board. I guess it would be him. Head of he doesn't strike me as a head of security. You know, he struck me more as like a personal assistant <laughs> uh, than a head of security. Mark's yeah. but Mark Strong is her butler, and he's the one that strikes me as the head of security. Yeah, that's just he's Mark Strong. So, so strong. So strong. <laughs> so strong. So strong. Mark Strong. So good. I have so many questions about the cast. So the guy who played Jasper, Joel Fry. Oh yeah, he's in Yesterday, Game of Thrones. Some dude. I was gonna say, I was like, he does look familiar because I think he's uh, like one of the Dornish princes in Game of Thrones. Dorn is like the South, <laughs> but it's like if you took Egypt and smacked it on the bottom of England, that's what Dorn is to everything yeah. else. Okay, okay, we talked about Jasper. Are we going to talk about Horace? Are we doing Horace? We talk about Horace. Paul Walter Hauser. Are yeah. you pro or con? I liked him. Yeah, I like him too. He was great. I think he's very good. He's been a lot of, I mean, like, so many big movies the last couple of years because he was in I, Tanya as, like, the guy who does the knee clubbing because he's an idiot <laughs> like that. He's that guy. Cool. Yeah. The guy who, like, you know, the dude who's, like, I'm basically a black belt. I just never took the test. That kind of guy. Oh, yeah. It's like, I, I'm trained in many weapons. He's also one of the KKK guys and Black Klansmen, like nice. clueless, white supremacist, racist dudes. Yeah. He's the main character in Richard Jewell. Uh, I like him. I thought it was good. My only complaint is I feel like he was the hard comedic relief, right? I think they needed to dial him back like 20%. Because I feel like most of his stuff worked pretty well for me, and I really enjoyed it. But he needed to go back tw- just on a few, a few pieces, bits, yeah. bits and pieces. I mean, that's what Horace and Jasper are, right? Jasper's getting stuff done, mm-hmm. and Horace is just there. But you know, horses are linked to Wink, and uh, I love their relationship. He says, you know? "I'm gonna kiss you right on the mouth, right and I don't mouth. care where it's been." Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's so sweet. Wink, he's, he's a good dog, all right? Yeah. He puts his life on the line. To capture the Dalmatians, he's in it, you know? I appreciate it. He is in it. 
And he's doing it. Is fully committed to the team. So, all right, Estella is working for Baroness Lady, but she's got to make her own name. Yeah. And she can do it. You know, she doesn't want to just give her designs away. She's got to become her own. She's her own person. And that's kind of where the Cruella thing starts. So she becomes Cruella to make this sort of rivalry with the Baroness because she finds out, she realizes the Baroness is actually the one who killed her mom. Yeah. So she's like, I got to take her down. Yeah. And then it turns out the Baroness, this was an interesting plot twist. The Baroness is her birth mother. And she just tried to kill the baby, but Mark Strong saved her and sent her to be adopted by the mom. So that's where the the link all happens, and that's when the revenge has to happen. Yeah. And this is where, so Cruella starts staging crazy upstages of the Baroness at all the fashion shows, which I, I really appreciated, like, the spectacle of it. I thought it was very good. That was an interesting way to kind of capture the, the counterculture and it was like, oh, the Baroness, look, she's high fashion and she's the established name. And But Corella pops in and is like, nope, we're doing rock and roll. We're doing, we're out there, we're loud. And I liked it. Yeah. I appreciated all of it. Yeah. And everybody in the movie liked it. <laughs> all the reporters were all about it. They were like, yeah, Corella's cool. Like, this is it. Now here's... But when it gets to the point where instead of her just being like, oh, Cruella's like my design or whatever, it becomes, once it's like, oh no, the Baroness killed my mom, I need to get revenge. That's where it takes a turn. Yeah. And this is the turn I didn't like because she switches very quickly from Estella doing fashion design stuff to upstage her to, oh, I have to get my revenge. Now I am the Joker. <laughs> like now, yeah. now I'm cruel. I'm Cruella full time. And I think the switch happened too quickly. And and because it it's not like Joker where like, oh, she becomes the Joker. She just puts on the facade of Cruella, but just commits to it. So you're like, well, you aren't Cruella. Yeah. But she just commits to being Cruella. That's what and the switch, I don't know. The switch just happened so quickly for me. I almost wish it was more like, oh, she is becoming Cruella versus I just decided to be Cruella. That's that's my last criticism of the movie. Yeah, which I, I've seen actually a couple. I've just realized in a couple different origin stories of Cruella. Uh huh. And it is kind of always how they play it, where they'll introduce her as this like sweet young thing, yeah. you know. But that's not actually how she is. She's actually like the crazy Cruella. And uh-huh. just pretending to be sweet. And that's why she snaps so quick mm-hmm. to the other one. So I think that's what they were kind of trying to go for is that that's how she was closer to that when she was younger. And then she tried real hard to be normal. And then she's like, F it. But her being Krella, she has the posh accent. And she is, you know, that's. Yeah. I don't know. So that's that's my only criticism. I do like her as Krella. She does a very good job. And I think I like how she wins over the Baroness because she basically just mimics the baroness's personality but it's like oh i'm stuck up i'm savage uh you know i don't suffer fools yeah the major difference being the baroness just kills people yeah Krilla doesn't just kill people yeah she can't do it mm-hmm. she's good i mean she never really does just kill people she wants puppy fur for coats 
That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like you could see how this Cruella can get to that point where it's like she's never gonna like become a mass murderer, but as she goes more and more insane. Yeah, but that that's what's interesting because you're like, oh, the Dalmatians are villains in this one, and so that's why she wants Dalmatian coats. And then she has a Dalmatian outfit in this. And they're like, she used real dogs to do it. Or didn't she? And she's like, they make a point to say, oh, no, I didn't do it. Yeah. So it's just interesting. We're like, oh, you walked it back a little bit. You also could have just hinted it in there and not like addressed it. But they specifically addressed it to say, like, I didn't actually do it. But yeah. everyone thinks I did. Yeah, I don't know. So that. So that's the only. But then know. that leads more into like, that's her trying to be what people think she's like but she's not really like that but yeah. like in the 101 dalmatians movie she is actually like that because that's more like that's more of what it is in 101 dalmatians that she wants a thing and they tell her no yeah and so she loses it mm-hmm. and wants the thing even worse yeah so that, that's really my last my last criticism of the movie because I really enjoyed it. I told you I loved the music. I thought they had great choices of music. I enjoyed Emma Stone doing her thing. I thought the casting was very good. The heistiness of it. Like, it wasn't a Joker movie. If anything, it was like a heisty movie, you know? Yeah. There was some kind of fun heist action going on. Uh, you know, you there was the moment where you're like, oh, no. She's going to kill the Baroness. And instead, she just frames the Baroness for Estella's death and she emerges Cruella. Yeah. And I thought that was a great twist because they really did play it up like, oh gosh, she's gone crazy. She's going to murder somebody. And it's like, nope, she played it just the right way. Yeah. And now she's got, she's got her inheritance. She's got the DeVille. She's got the henchman. She's got the fashion. <laughs> And the, the the building. The building, the Hellman house. Yeah. She pulls out man. This hell house. She don't need no man. Exactly. Except for all the men that she needs exactly. to do her dirty work. So I uh like Artie. She needs Artie. Artie okay. I had a debate with Bailey about Artie. Yeah. Um Okay, and this is this is something we could talk about this movie. The representation in it. I saw a very funny name about it. And I'm not mad about it, but it is funny. It's like, it's a, it is a big deal if you cast a minority role with a different minority or with a white person, right? Right. If you whitewash something, it's very bad. Right. But this movie does the opposite, where they take white characters and they make them minorities. Okay. Like Jasper, right? Yes. Uh, which I don't have a problem with. But it was an interesting choice. I appreciate the representation of it. It's like, oh, let's let's represent more people in our movies. Like, yeah, this takes place in England in the 60s, and it's based on a very white movie of British people with hoity-toity dogs. I appreciate that they were like, you know, it doesn't even matter. This is Disney. This is a Cruella origin. We do whatever we want. Everybody will represent so there's mixed people. There's, there's there an Asian person in this movie. It's like an Asian designer or something. I can mix up some watch. Anyway, probably. Here's what I was getting at. 
I forgot. <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. I was talking about Artie, and you started talking about... Oh, minorities. okay, so Artie is like the the gay fashionista. He owns a, a little designer shop, boutique. He was, of all the characters, the least needed. Because he, in fact, did nothing for the plot. But he did a lot for me, personally. Okay, so that, that was my question. How did Artie do for you? I liked Artie a lot. What I really wanted him to do, and I understand not doing it because you want the the representation. People would have been upset if you had said that. But one of my favorite things they do, just because I think it's it's funny and it has a comedic effect, is when you have a character like that, uh-huh. and at some point make it make have them make it very clear that they are in fact not gay. <laughs> That's just how they are. Yeah. And I really wanted him to do that, like to hit on her or something like that. Yeah. Her be like, I thought you were gay. And he's right. like, no. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's funny. Yeah. But probably. Plot wise, you know. He's very fabulous and I loved him. Yeah. So she shows up at shop, buys one of the Baroness's old designs, wears it to her thing. Yeah. Um, he does help her do some, you know, designs for the costume. She's like, okay, that's good. But you also, he's not tied to Hunter Dalmatians. If you took him out of the movie, the movie would work flawlessly still. But I would say if you made a movie based around just them two, it would work flawlessly. Sure. Yeah. They had the best banter. When she rolls up after she died and he's like, I thought you were dead. Yeah. You know, and they have a little back sassy back and forth. I was like, I love this. Mm -hmm. I love me some good sass. Yeah. I'm not complaining. Art is in it. I just think... uh, he was the one role where you're like, he doesn't need to be here at all. I'm glad he's here. Yeah. Someone needs to be here representing Ziggy Stardust and, you know, be in there. So, yeah, I do think also like it was kind of interesting how they kind of offhandedly remark about how unacceptable he and his lifestyle was to those people yeah. at that time. Yeah. Just in like a couple offhanded remarks mm-hmm. and him being like, whatever. It's not great, but I deal with it, you know. Right. And just like a, like this is from a different time mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. This takes place in the past in England, the worst place. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. We all know it. Uh, so that's, I mean, I don't know. That's the movie. Florence and the Machine do the closing song. Yes. Blew my mind. Loved it. I love Florence. I love her machine. I love them when they're together doing things, causing problems. Did it blow your mind more than the end credits of Aladdin? (laughs) DJ Khaled? Yes. If DJ Khaled rolled up into the credit song of this movie, I would have burned the theater down. All right? Yeah. And instead they gifted me with Florence and I was like, yes. Yes. It just like Frozen 2, we got Brendan Urie and Weezer. Like, okay, good enough. For treat for the white people, sure. Yeah. And then Aladdin, they roll up and they're like, how about DJ Khaled? DJ Shouting all Khaled. over the like, no, that's bad. And now they've come back around full circle. They gave me Florence and I'm I'm at I'm at peace once more. Yeah. Everything is as it should be. So my question is, I, I did wonder a little about the director. Okay, so here's the thing. Just found out a moment ago, this person also directed Lars and the Real Girl, I, Tanya, The Finest Hours, and Million Dollar Arm. 
which are all, I haven't seen Finest Hours, the other three, are actually great movies. I love Lars and the Real Girl because Ryan Gosling is my boy. I, Tanya is wonderful. It's got the same guy who plays Horace in it. So I was, I was very curious about the director. He's great. I'm a little bit curious about the writers as well. See, I almost feel like that's that's a mistake too to go with so much CG of someone who's done like indie movies. Mm-hmm. He's not like an effects or CG guy. I mean, this is a big old machine, but yeah. Same writer as Isn't It Romantic, and uh, did some episodes of New Girl. So that's pretty cool. And the other writer wrote, oh, okay, wrote The Favorite. Remember that movie I talked about earlier? Yes. Emma Stone was in and got an Oscar nom- nod for. So Is that the one about the, the British, the queen, and she likes one more than the other, and they yeah. try to kill each other? Yeah. Okay. A good one. Your Ghost Lanthimos, the, my most loved slash hated director in, of the art films. Yes. He makes movies that I hate, and then it'll make a movie that I love, and I hate him for it. Yeah. So... It, it, that's an interesting cast, interesting crew. I'm a little surprised. I saved kind of seeing what the reviews were till now. What, what are you guessing? What would you guess this is going to Oh, I mean, I, I had it pulled up, but it's sitting at like a 75 on Rotten Tomatoes, isn't it? Maybe. It's, it's Metascore's like 59. So the tomato meter is 74, but the audience score is a 97. Yeah. It's a crowd pleaser. I think people would be pretty happy with it. It was good. I mean, I think it's the... In terms of like Maleficent, other things like this, I think this is way better. Yeah. Why why are critics not liking it? They oh, they say it's a cash grab. Yeah. No nuance. But there's a good writer and a good director and a good cast, so but if we're not... gonna do a cash grab, let's uh let's get those pieces. Let's get someone who's won and who's been nominated for Oscars for directing movies, someone who's won Oscars for acting in movies, and writers that have done interesting stories and funny movies and stuff let's get them all together and it, it's a pretty good product if we're gonna disneyfy everything let's hire those people so that there is a good backbone to it because this had a great soundtrack good cast some good act you know i i thought they pulled it off this movie that i did not want to see not that i didn't want to see it but based on the trailer i would not have seen it yeah but now i have seen it and i was like no that trailer was wrong and the critics are wrong because yeah. this is a pretty good one are you trying to say that the the film editor of the bi-weekly Phoenix Quarterly Tribune <laughs> is wrong about this movie and saying that it didn't like it? It is, and we need to burn that building down. If you name your newspaper the Phoenix Tribune, I'm allowed to burn it down. Because that means you can rise from the ashes and be reborn. Am I wrong? I think there's a legal precedent <laughs> that if something's named Phoenix, you're allowed to burn it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the laws are in Boulder, Colorado, which is where the Phoenix by weekly quarterly tribune is located. Here's what I hate about reading those things is it's like you read through there and it's like time. I loved it. This is an amazing movie. Roger Ebert is good stuff. You know, People Magazine is good. Some random podunk town in Iowa's like regional magazine. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it because the gay guy or something. You know, <laughs> it's like you should yeah. not be on the tomato meter. You should not be 
adding to this. You should be slapped down. I if they can get in on the tomato meter, we should be part of the tomato meter. All right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I I mean I hear you. I'll call the tomato, and I will I'll get us on that list. Yeah, I will go buy tomatoes right now, and I will throw them at movies if that's what they want. <laughs> I think it is. I don't know how the tomato meter works. I just know every time I read through the reviews, I have not heard of any of the places. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's like, I don't trust any of you. Wow. Well, that's uh, mostly how I feel about this movie. I liked it. And I would recommend it to most people, yeah. I think. So you're glad I texted you at midnight. I'm really glad you did because I may not have seen it right away and I wouldn't have been able to get the word out. It's good. I've had to fight Tiffany off from buying the premium access to this because as you know, somehow magically we got Raya and the Last Dragon premium access. Yeah, yeah. For nothing. So Mm -hmm. I looked at this one like maybe maybe lightning will strike twice. (laughs) But no. I will tell you my wife has seen Raya and the Last Dragon in theaters three times. Because wow. it's the only movie that was playing. And oh, yeah. basically, if I was like, I need you out of the house for a couple hours, that was the go to go see a movie. What's playing? Right bunch now. of R rated Korean <laughs> horror movies and Raya <laughs> and the Last Dragon. Yeah. So uh, she saw Raya a bunch. She likes it. I also watched that on my new TV. It looks very good. Nice. I mean, yeah, Raya was a really good one. Did we do? We did an episode on Raya. Oh, yeah, we, we did. did. We Okay. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Of all the Disney movies, the last decade, these cash grabby movies, a lot of them are the live action remakes, right? Your Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast, your Aladdin. This is a little different because this isn't just a remake of a movie. This is like an origin story that did not exist. Yeah. So I think that gives it a little more, I think that makes it less cash grabby to me. Mm hmm. I'm just going to say, of all the Disney live action things that have come out the last decade in this thing, I think this is my favorite that I've seen. Yeah, I'll agree with that one. And part of it is because it is like, at least it's an original thing. It's not just like, it's not a beloved tale that already existed that it's like, we're not going to make it better than that, but you sure can try. This one, I thought they picked a good crew. I thought they picked a good cast. It was a success. It was not perfect. Like, I wouldn't give it a 10 out of 10, but I would I would not be uh, bashful at all to recommend this movie. Yeah. I just want the soundtrack. I need Ike. I need Tina. I need ELO. I need I mean, the other ones. They're going to get enough people wanting it that they're either going to do it or tell some third party company that they're going to sign the paper saying they can do it. I wonder, I wonder if it'd be ex- expensive. Just with, I mean, I, I guess they didn't use directly use Beatles songs. They use like an Ike and Tina song that was a I mean, Beatles song. You're asking, is it too ex- It's Disney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what I'm saying is there are some people where it's like, you can stream this, but if you're going to want to print it on vinyl, like, is that additional rights that you need? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, th- I mean, printing it versus just sampling it in a movie is different licenses. Yeah. So, I mean, the CD exists. You can get the CD, you can get the MP3 of it. 
can stream it, I think. Okay. But uh, there's no vinyl as of yet that I've seen. Yeah, which they do make vinyls, but they recently discontinued some. I know because I bought one for Tiffany for Christmas, and I just recently got the email saying, look, it's never coming because oh. it's discontinued. Wow. It's very heartbreaking, but, you know, we'll move on. I won't. I'll die on this hill. Yeah. I, will, I will start a crusade <laughs> for Disney to go, I don't know. Disney, do it all. Aren't you... You know, if you're gonna make toys for this movie, if you're gonna if it's gonna be a cash grab, get the merch out. Here's the thing right? with the vinyl though. Yeah. Because like a vinyl of this nature. Mm-hmm. Because you get like go, Jack it. White, right? He's famously <laughs> white stripes. Jack White is very particular. White. Oh, yeah. About particular. it, right? Oh, yeah. About the vinyls and does all the stuff. And He's a hard man with, yeah, entrenched opinions. But he's like very. He's an analog purist. Yeah, like the his most staunch a... analog purist that ever existed. But it's like above, like he goes above and beyond what more, most people do, right? For the. Yeah, vinyls. no, he's like, this cannot be digitized at all. We're going, we're taping in the studio to get the masters to put out an eight track to put it from eight track directly to vinyl. That's what we're doing. That's yes. the process. That's how it goes. If you make it digital at any point, then the whole thing has been a waste. Which here's my thing, my stance. Mm. You disagree, but you're wrong. He's right. As soon as you make it digital, as soon as you record it onto a hard drive to then put on a vinyl, mm -hmm. you have defeated the entire purpose of the vinyl in my mind. Not the entire purpose. The, you might as well have I'm a CD at that point. This is where I'm coming from. Okay. This is the thing that people don't talk about when you're collecting vinyl, right? And I think this is what a lot of like the Gen Z, the Zoomers, I think this is what the Zoomers are doing with their vinyl collecting. They're like, hey, everything in our world is digital and fleeting. It's TikToks, it's Snapchats, it's stories. It comes and it goes. It's here and it's gone and it's yeah. here today, we love it. It's gone tomorrow, we don't care about it anymore. Yeah. And a vinyl, and I, I think a lot of Zoomers are doing CDs now too, but a vinyl is your way of saying, hey, here's a physical thing that I have. I have of it. It's collectible. It's not, it is the, look, in a perfect world, all my records that I have would be analog to analog. And I've got, I have a Jack White record, okay? I have one from him and it says on the thing, this was done from the masters to the eight track to the vinyl never been digitized we did i did this for you you know and it does sound great it's one of my best sounding records i agree he's right about that yeah but at the same time you will never appreciate album artwork because you never see it bigger than a thumbnail on your phone and when yeah. you buy a vinyl or something behold look maybe the music was digitized at some point but you can still play it on a turntable and you have the physical collectible of it and you can appreciate the album artwork and you have it and you patronize that person in an additional way. And that's the other reason for vinyl that no one talks about. Okay. And that's why I have a vinyl collection because I want to support more of the music I like and I want a high fidelity version of it. Yes. And some are more high fidelity than others, but there's more than one reason to have it. I mean, this is one of those things, you know, I mean, for, you listen to the first podcast. I was like, vinyl's dumb and everybody listens to it's dumb. 
And now I have several vinyls. Uh-huh. And I have ones that I seek after and dream so, about having. I think I the own. point you're getting at, though, is are they going to find the master recordings of an ELO track, three Icon Turner tracks, a Bachman Turner Overdrive track? Like, are they going to put all that and be able to get it together and mold it into a well-done vinyl? Probably not. Even it, though it is Disney. <laughs> but like yeah. they're not going to do that, right? My thought is if... Because there's like new people at Disney. There's not, they're not new, but I mean, like, there's people at Disney that are, there are some who will realize the effort to do that would be worth it. If they could say, this is like a vinyl you would have gotten mm-hmm. in this time. Like, if you'd gone to the record store, bought a record. Back in the Dizzy. Yeah. Back in the heyday in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Like, this is what you would have gotten. Yeah. But I think they're not going to do that because I'm sure there's people that are pushing for that, but they're not going to be able to get the money to do it until enough people mm-hmm. want it. This is what makes you the most mad about it. And once again, this goes back to vinyl purists because there's some people like, look, if you're printing your vinyl on anything but black color, you're a fool and you're a dumb boy. Oh, none of mine are black. <laughs> That's the other thing. You can make a vinyl very pretty with any manner of colors. This is the perfect chance to make a Dalmatian printed vinyl, the first oh, ever. Yes. And they're going to, they're squandering their opportunity. Yes. That's what makes me mad. And like of every Disney movie I've seen, this is the first one where I heard the soundtrack and I'm just like, oh, they did. Because they captured, they captured her rebellious mood and saw sounds of the 60s and 70s and they just dropped it on her laps at a, at a hot, hot track. It's one of those things where just like, nobody asked for this, but you just dropped a fire track, like a fire playlist, soundtrack, whatever for the movie. It works on the level of it being a really great soundtrack while also being on the level of it works narratively for the movie. Yeah. And you're not going to give me more ways to buy it. Here's the thing though. Disney is, does this thing. They're either going to give you, uh, all the ways to buy it. Seldomly or they're going to be like, yeah, you can stream it, but we only paid for the rights for it for like a month. So yeah. after that, you're going to just have to like, find all the songs yourself yeah i mean this has happened before too like there are artists i like i'm like this is a brand new artist just dropped their first first full album i want it i'm really excited i want to get right on the train i want the first printing of it and then i go to the store and they're like yeah this does not exist anywhere or it's like oh yeah no you can buy this from Bandcamp from the artist but it's not on any record stores yet and then a year has passed and they've been like oh hey this is available now like Becca Mancari is an artist I really liked her her first record. And I saw her live when when her album came out. And it was like, this is not available anywhere. And then I saw her live two years later. And I was like, hey, I'm at my show. Do you want to buy my record? And I said, yes, please. And I bought it and I bought a T-shirt. And I love it. Yes. So maybe maybe it'll change. Maybe you can go to Emma Stone's house and ask her for the record. All right. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I can do that. Let's do it. That's not a problem. So, yeah. So that, that's where I'm at. Um, I'm, I'm on DisneyMusicEmporium.com. <laughs> yeah. Aladdin. You can get it on vinyl. It's a white or clear vinyl. Yeah. You can get it in black. You can get Ant-Man and the Wasp as a two-disc. You can get Arist- Aristocrats as a picture disc. You can get the Endgame soundtrack. You can get Endgame as a picture disc. Infinity War. Like, 
this soundtrack is on par with like Guardians of the Galaxy. We're like, you intentionally made a fire soundtrack. Give it to me. Why would you not give it to me? Bohemian Rhapsody, Black get- Panther. That's just the score, though. I don't know who's out here buying score soundtracks. I mean, that's what most of mine are. Ugh. But they're video game scores, yeah. so it's different. Ultimate Hits, Frozen 2, Clear. You paid 10 bucks more for Clear versus Black. Yeah. Guardian of the know. Galaxy. I can buy the Haunted Mansion song on a picture disc, but I can't buy it. That's a waste of everyone's time. Look, High School Musical's on vinyl. That makes me sick, okay? <laughs> I was thinking it was High School Musical was in the period of the blackout period where it was like, Hot Topic hasn't hasn't started the vinyl revival yet, okay? It was in that time period between we were all doing CDs and MP3s. Look. Soul? Soul's got a vinyl? Tell me about that. Music from and inspired by Soul? So. One day. Maybe. Yeah. Ugh. Marvel Defender 7 inch vinyl disc collection who's out here trying to buy the iron fist single <laughs> so oh, iron fist original soundtrack lp nice the avengers video game mickey mouse <laughs> disco it's not a good video i do game. own one or two old school like disney records so i'm like this is just too silly not to have like alice oh, yeah. in wonderland or like mary poppins and there's some kind of goofy ones yeah zootopia <gasps> Get some Shakira. I can keep. I can read things. I can keep on reading. Well, I, I, I you know, maybe we should end the podcast and <laughs> no, not, not my keep... rage is untethered. Okay, yeah, no, that's fine. Let's and not keep that. reading them. Let's yeah. carry on. <laughs> we'll just you know, let all the people get back to their day. Watch this movie and yell at Disney for me till they give me the vinyl. Yeah, but did you buy the Guardians of the Galaxy vinyl? Nah, because you're a fool. <laughs> You yeah. buy that vinyl, you don't get this vinyl. I'd rather have none of them, okay? Until I can have this one, I refuse to buy any of them. Okay. It's like that a new girl when it's like, you don't even pay your taxes. Like, until gay marriage is legal everywhere, I don't think I should have to. <laughs> um, so yeah. that's where I stand. Yeah. Basically. This is a good movie. You should watch it. You should watch it. But you know what else they should do, Cody? Ah, uh, they can share us and review us. Not can they should should share us. They would. You Wherever will. you find podcasts is where we are. Yeah, I I've... defy you to find somewhere we don't exist. Oh, my friend, I told you this. My friend and he li- he lives in Germany right now. He called me out of the blue, out of nowhere, and he's like, hey. "Is he the Germany guy's been downloading these?" He probably has no idea no. we do this. Yeah, uh, he's like, "What you doing?" I said, "I'm going to record a podcast," and he's like. Send me the link. Are you guys on Spotify? Thinking in his mind, he's like, no way. And I was like, you know, we're on Spotify, <laughs> you cow. <laughs> there you go. So I sent it to him. And then he sent me back a response saying Fiji water is the best, which I can only assume is a reference to something I said. Here's what you guys need to understand. <laughs> he texts me these things. I don't know about Cody. I don't remember a word I said in the podcast. I remember about 3%. I've got about a 3% call rate on things you've said on the podcast. But people, it's one thing to reference. Well, the problem is, too, we record an episode that comes out like two to six weeks later. So that's already a feat. You you know, 
there's just some outrageous things on here, but like try to remember something you shared six weeks ago. Yeah. It's not going to happen. And it's like, if you write, if you like make a note in your phone, so you won't forget it, your brain's like, I don't have to remember that now because it's logged in here. Yeah. Once I've said it and it's recorded, I don't have to remember what I said. Exactly. Until you come around the corner to cancel us, you know, it, it doesn't exist. And people are like, oh, but you said such crazy, insane stuff. How do you forget that? And be like, I could, you could ask my <laughs> wife. I say nothing crazy on this podcast compared to what I say to her. <laughs> out of nowhere, out of nowhere, I will drop the most insane uh, little facts or thoughts in my head. Yeah. She has to live with it every day. You can yell at us on social media also. Oh, yeah. At Opinion Arms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, MySpace. Oh. <laughs> uh, Just two dead At Opinion Havers. Tyler, I'm very excited about the memes Tyler's been sending me. I hope oh, those carry on. They're making the memes. It's reviving me. It's giving me hope for a brighter future. So I'm, I'm ready. Uh, so engage with us. Yell at us. I'm ready. I'm here. Give us a thumbs up or a or you a, got a laughing reaction for your last meme, your Star Wars meme. They loved the, the people. Spencer, he loved it. Yes. <laughs> One person reacted. Yes. We had an engagement. That's what matters. Yes, that audience engagement. That's what we need. That's what we're gonna get. Oh. Jamie, Jamie will just like text us about an episode from like four months ago. <laughs> like yeah. a quote from like Jamie, I don't Jamie, you're so I'm, far I'm behind. I'm so glad you like it. You're going to be listening to this, what. this episode in 2022. And I'm going to be like, did that movie ever come out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did we ever do an episode on Blade Runner? Yes. We did? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Oh. Let's go Thanks do- for listening. And until next time, watch movies. And have opinions. Here's the thing. I need to see with my eyes that this vinyl's not available so i need you to go on an adventure with me all right that's the problem we're gonna go break into michael eisner's house (laughs) take him hostage (laughs) yeah demand the vinyl yeah that's the entire plan (laughs) is that the right guy i mean he's not in charge anymore and he hasn't been for like 15 years but yeah (laughs) he's the guy okay